Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, you delectable devils for the pints. Welcome to this week's snowcast here in the absolute idyllic setting of J&K Walsh's pub on George Street in Waterford. My Waterford geography is improving week by week, pub by pub. <laughs> um, this is a pub that featured in the Twelve Snokes back in December um, and we did some rambling, some very drunk and incoherent rambling. I think we mostly slagged Simon off because instead of having a nice pint, he was having a glass of water in here, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And it is just the most beautiful, beautiful relic of a pub. A throwback to old pubs. The year when the pub was the social hub of Irish society. And basically, it's beautiful on the outside. I put a Twitter up there, a picture on Twitter there just before we came online. Um, in a reply to a tweet from Peter from the Portage Pub Club. Um, just a picture of the outside and it's so scenic and we're sitting just inside the front window in the snow here oh, on and it's like... We're actually in the snow. We're actually in the snow for once. <laughs> um, we have a little window here where the barman is putting the pints down when we order them. A little door in. It's all wooden. Wood, old wooden chairs with brilliant little designs. Each one is individual. And the bar is just a long bar high stools up again the bar and a high stool and a counter opposite the bar yeah, and no that's it and we're on the table and chair here alright it's the only one in the actual main section of the yeah. bar there's a room at the back as well alright that has tables and chairs but the whole of the bar is just high stool the length of the bar and the length yeah. of the opposite wall as well now you all know we're absolute punch for the uh, <laughs> that's two weeks in a row I've gone risque with a pronunciation of a word I'm not too old favourite uh, what was the last week? Shalom. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> you all know what absolute, absolute punch-ons for the craft beer devils. 
But J&K Wilches is the kind of bar that is a throwback to when the Guinness and Smithicks had an absolute monopoly on the market. So it's the kind of bar that you come in and it's it's very traditional. Now, you all know we're very, like, we're proponents on of Proponents, where are these coming from? I have no idea. No, you're, you're right, like, like, Is it the right word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't know. But. I, I actually, there was a lot of a uh, chat about the Irish language that we get onto later on Twitter yesterday. So I basically spent the whole of yesterday evening thinking and talking Oscarelga and tweeting Oscarelga. So like, I don't know where these words are coming out of. Maybe my Irish vocabulary is better, and uh, I'm translating back. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Proponents. Yeah. We're proponents of buying local and buying local drinks and stuff like that. But there, there's a certain lovely character and a certain lovely um, cultural nostalgia when you come into a pub like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as well, uh, like, la- like last week we were in Downsville and uh, in fairness to them, they're the old pub that has, you know, embellished like the kind of craft beer uh, yeah. culture and stuff. And have a bit of craft beer culture, a bit of squash for a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like you know, th- like you had your KPA there yeah. last year, or last week, and last year as well. Last year as well. Um, but you know, like and that was delicious. Boy, I had a pint of Guinness there as well because again, that was like the oldest pub in Waterford. It really like was just like such an old atmosphere, and I just wanted to embellish that. And I think it's those kind of classic drinks like Guinness, that, like those old seventeen fifty nine established drinks that are you know the ones that you you kind of go to. An eighteenth century drink for an eighteenth century pub. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and here's the same, right? So we've walked in. Um, um, and we both had a like, we had a look at the taps. We didn't even need to look at the taps because you're not getting much here, right? Yeah. So, point again. So, the fella came in there about 20 minutes ago and he asked uh, for a pint of Heineken. And the barman said, All we do in here is Guinness, Smithicks, or Harp on taps. That's it. So, like, take her pick. Take her pick. That's it. I stout an ale or a lager on it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it depends on the day of the week for me, to be honest. Be hundred percent honest. With you. It depends on the day of the week for me. But I find like um, when you come into a pub like this, where it's a like a really good point again, is is creamy, has that full body, but also that like that little burnt oat kind of coffee esque kind of flavour. You just can't bait it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and like I said, you know, craft beers were all for them. But sometimes when you come to a, an establishment like this. And part of the charm and part of the lore of somewhere like this is the pint of stout, is the, the old school pint of Guinness in an old school glass as well. Like, you can't beat it. No. Just can't beat it. Like. And even is there something that has literally just happened there where someone has come along and said, uh, it's getting a bit kind of chilly, there's a bit of a draft in the door. Yeah. The barman goes, yeah, no hassle, comes out, closes the front door, and like it's a glass front door, so you know the place is still open. But closes it, you know. It's that. It's that. Like you enjoy your experience here. It doesn't matter about getting feet in the door now. This is. But this is about your enjoyment. Like I, it, love, it, I fucking love that. That's but even as well, like the moment we walked in the door tonight, like greeted by the barman. Well, lads, how are you getting on tonight? Mm. And like we were, at, we actually had something on for our uh, day jobs just before this, and uh, so we're actually kind of suited and booted. Like we both have shorts on and, and semi-formal pants on. So like he obviously. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
Well, uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the listeners know what I mean. And then, you know, straight away, he's like, well, you're just in from work. And, like, we put in a long shift to, to, today, so, like, yeah, we're rewarding ourselves so with a fight. Semi-final Just in my, in my head, I have, like, like a pair of, like, you know... Tracksuit like, pants with a zip in the middle. No, oh, oh, I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking, like, suit pants with an elasticated band. Suit pants with buttons to hold it up the side just in case you're a DTF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, will you stop, will you? Sure I, like, I, I just love, I love these, these bars, like the long, narrow bar, and, like, to be honest with you, these are the kind of bars, and these, this is the kind of point that, like, say, not even the last generation, the generation before us, like, our grandparents, our granduncles, grand-aunts, would have, like, gone socialising, drinking in this kind of pub with these kind of points. Mm. And, like, it's a, it's a classic piece of Irish uh, history and culture that is preserved in these kind of bars. Yeah. Oh, no, I fucking love it. I love it as well. Um, it's... I don't know, it, 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 there's something, I don't know, there's something, not, not patriotic isn't the word, but like there's something it's culturally embedded in you that like, you know, just, that makes you feel... I, I feel like I'm on the set of the field. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but even like, say, like over, like Christmas points are a magical thing in Ireland whereby you meet friends that you haven't seen in year, you know, year, the year, like since last Christmas or whatever. But like it's pubs like this that like explode the like the conversation and things like that. Like you're, yeah. you're you know you're all perched up on a high stool. Like you're not like there's no, it, yeah. no big long table or like there's not like you know you're not sitting beside anyone. You're like, huddled so, together. You're huddled together like you know and even like the lads in here who come in tonight like there's guys who are just kind of wandering in the street and they're chatting away to the other people who are yeah. just sat at the bar because it's, you've no option like you're just sitting beside them like you know. It's what it's what a country it's what a country pub is. Yeah. In the city and yeah. it's 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 wonderful. Um, the, other thing, the other thing I was thinking of there like is we talk, in, during the live podcast I think actually we chatted a little bit about um, Diageo and uh, Heineken and Coors Malton Coors but they they tend to go hard at the nostalgia marketing and it works quite well and I think it's that kind of nostalgia factor like when you're a kid and you're around your grandparents for Sunday dinner or whatever it is and they're chatting about the few points they had on the Saturday night like this this setting that we're in right now is what you picture them is, is the picture you paint in your head as yeah. a as a seven eight year old eight in the old Sunday roast oh no it is yeah and, uh, even like even since, even since we've been in here right they've dimmed the lights <laughs> <laughs> it's like even more majestic like, yeah. and it wasn't the dimming of like last call dimming it was no no we just want to set the mood a yeah. bit nicer in here like, and it's just like literally I don't know I, I feel like in a lot of um, other pubs you have like you know it's the right formula this is you know this is the playlist that you know makes people in a good mood you know this is the Spotify playlist we have that like makes people want to drink yeah makes people want to have this atmosphere these this is the layout of chairs you know that make people comfortable but not new, too comfortable that they won't go up to the bar and all this you know it's, it's, it's a bit like formulaic or something like that yeah. right 
Whereas like here, like like it, it's so ad hoc and it's like it's actually reactionary to to, to, to the patrons of the pub yeah. who come in. Where like you know it's just like you know what? like no one's in here reading or no one here is in here on their phone. So we'll fucking we'll dim the lights here now and you know we'll also you know put up a few stools here by the bar, a few extra stools. You know we'll pull stools from one side of the bar to the other side of the bar because these people need those chairs yeah. or like we'll close the front door because there's a draft coming. Uh, like it's just great like the barman went out for a cigarette there a while ago just because you know he could he could like you know and it's just like you know there's no like gulf of like someone coming behind the bar yeah. pulling the pointer Ma- magic it's fucking mag- look at this as well behind the bar there's like all these like random drawers it's like it's something you'd see in like an old pharmacy or an old post office or something like that like but you see, I think there for no purpose whatsoever but did, now but this like, used to be a, a pub and a grocery shop all yeah. in one wasn't it the blind man's yeah the yeah. blind man's pub like fellow behind the bar I think have I told this before I, pres- I think told I, pubs, I, yeah it? yeah I think I think we had the story but like uh, we, we actually have a lot of new listeners tell them again tell them again tell me, um, tell me uh, I listen I, uh, the reason why I'm, so this place has been, was closed for years and years and years and it's only been open maybe actually this is probably the second year of it being open now yeah it wasn't open when I moved to Waterford yeah um, it, yeah two two and a half years I'd say but the, the reason I know is from my childhood and my dad coming in here and I think my dad used to get um, he used to buy I think cigars in here, like on occasion. Um, but your man behind uh, the counter, and he'd obviously get a pint at the same time, like, you know. Because your man behind the counter here was blind, fully blind. So he used to work on an honor system whereby, like, you would come in and would hand over the cash to him and go, like, that's fucking 20 pounds. And he goes, yeah, no hassle. And, like, he knew the till, so he knew exactly what he was giving back to yeah. you. Like, and you'd get the exact change off him, like, you know. And, you know He'd, like he'd, ha- he'd pour the pint magically and stuff as well like like obviously timing and stuff like you had it all down to a tee so like amazing history like as we were talking in the podcast last week we were in Tom, Mar- Tom Myers after the podcast last week and we spoke a little bit about it on the podcast but like these gems of pubs with like yeah, nuggets nuggets of history and like I don't know what do you think do you think is there pubs nowadays that are going to replicate that are they going to it's, replicate it in a very, different way are they going to have their own history like in a different way it's very hard to tell like say for example um, like, like take Grady's Yard for example as like a bar that's open less than a year that yeah. we and we have like championed it several times on this podcast rightly so and it, it is it is very it has great character for a newly open bar um, but an awful lot of the character of the pub is like the almost like that if the walls could speak feature yeah. I, I that you can't buy you can't create well look you don't you don't create character over a year no you've been over 20 no. years like it's, well, well it's what is it here 70 years I'd say yeah. like, like the little notches in the, on the draw uh, the little kinks in the shelves the little like you know tears in the stools and stuff like that where you're like these are well worn it, like the amount of people who've passed through here but like the whole point of this podcast is pub chat like that essence of this is somewhere where the crack was routinely had year in year out for decades yeah it's just some vice chat does not it yeah and, and I think like anyone listening to this podcast more than likely has been to a pub <laughs> do you know what I mean 
they'll know what we're on about. Um, and look, if you haven't, we we do recommend it. But yeah. I mean, like, like look, look, there's a reason why we keep going to the post. We keep going to. Um, and I mean, like Phil Grimes again, like has that character, has that just feel of, you know, crack was had here throughout the ages. It's just, I think there, it's a non-descriptive. There is it. There is essence. There's a difference though between je ne sais quoi. There's a difference between Phil Grimes in this pub. Though, oh, right? big difference, yeah. Right. So I think that in Phil Grimes, the patrons and the proprietor barman right add like to like Phil, yeah. Phil Grimes does have a, a, like a bit of an es- essence of the pub itself of like its character and how beautiful it looks and stuff but I think it's mainly built up of like the people in oh, yeah. there right? Tom, Tom is 50% of it if not more whereas in here we could have walked in here and sat in a corner on our own without having to chat to anyone and the chat would have come yeah. because of the surrounding it's like it's almost like the ghost of points past are talking <laughs> through us right come on anyways uh, listen I, that, that was actually quite I, I really enjoyed that intro I know I'm going to enjoy listening back to this and editing it uh, actually recording a day early as well so we have an extra day to edit it yeah Zinga <laughs> we're going to the music festival the weekend you won't be doing any editing no we're not no we're not oh, I could do it tomorrow yeah. you never know yeah the world but, is my toaster but uh, anyway I, I was there like if any of you follow me or even follow the snowcast because I made I, I tweeted on the snowcast about it as well uh, follow either me or the Snowcast on Twitter. Uh, you would have seen me last night conversing in a bit of Irish and also tweeting about the Irish language because the Irish Independent, um, a newspaper in Ireland here, tweeted about the Irish language yesterday, uh, talking about um, should the Irish language be compulsory in schools, and it was suggesting that senior cycle students now feel it shouldn't be compulsory in schools um, and I, I just wanted to get a feel of how you felt about it Owen because I have very very polarised opinions on this um, for obvious reasons that I spoke the language going up but I, I wanted to get your feel of it as someone who I know that does speak the language and does hold it in high regard but you went through a different you went through the opposite education I went through you went to an all Irish speaking primary school and then an all English speaking secondary school I went through an all English speaking primary school and an all Irish speaking secondary school yeah so I'd love to know your take on it um, so I feel for myself so I think like yeah for an all English speaking secondary school right I went through primary school and like I don't know you can never say you're fluent or whatever but I was definitely able to hold a conversation and like at lunch yeah. time at lunch time we were always like we had like we were like uh, discipline sounds like like it was like Christian brother fucking slapping me over the head kind of thing but like it, like it was encouraged it was um, against the rules I suppose to speak in English um, during um, lunch hour. Now, obviously, we did because it was our first language, like that that we were speaking. But like, there was that kind of like you know, if if the teacher was coming around, you could switch to Irish like that, 
yeah. and you could like converse like point which, which like, is a skill know. in itself which is a skill in itself like, you know and but you like you'd be able to uh, and even still like if i'm if i'm speaking irish like i don't have to translate english that much like yeah. when I'm thinking I think yeah, I can think in Irish yeah. you know what I mean like you know so like it's it's only when I'm stuck on a word that I go oh you know like and you know yeah. and I get you know you get stuck on that word and then you have to you have to kind of think of the English and go back like but the, like the kind of flow of the language goes on but anyway so had that whole and was you know quite quite able to hold um, uh, a conversation in Irish coming out of primary school and I can 100% say that the Irish that I wrote for my leaving surf Irish in secondary school um, was of a substandard level than my than me leaving my primary school so you regressed going from a 12 year old to an 18 year old yeah I did despite yeah. doing classes yeah. three times a week or yeah whatever however frequently you did it. but that's because and everyone who has gone through the Irish course will agree with me here is that it is too focused on comprehensions and novels and books and poems and like you know comprehending the themes and stuff of that whereas you should be like you know just conversing and you should be like you know you should just be having conversations all the time and yeah. enjoying the language now there is obviously an important point of you know remembering the history and remembering those poets and stuff like that but that should be very 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 secondary to actually being able to communicate can I, in Irish yeah. can, I, can I make a point on that that I think I think we as a society have looked at it in the wrong, through the wrong prism um, I think it's very easy to blame the syllabus and the way it's taught and stuff like that and I would have been critical of it an awful lot but as someone who my first exposure to Irish was through my grandparents and my father as a young child before I started school where they would have spoken Irish to me so I would have picked up a good bit then I went to secondary or primary school where no Irish was spoken uh, or no Irish was taught but it wasn't the, the, the language used in the school but I was naturally very good at Irish because I had heard it at home and I was able to pick it up and, and stuff like that so I was exposed to Irish through the home so my initial view of Irish was this is something that is spoken in my grandparents house so this is something that I've been exposed to in a loving setting as opposed to a you know you go to school and you learn Irish there so the language was actually a, a method of communication like a man come or side which the, the, the Irish for communication is Side of which is basically like a conversation of how we and it's how like like my grandfather could speak fluent Irish he was from Kerry he was a guard I'd come down I'd see him in the morning and he'd say when to tan of us the breakfast which means did you enjoy your breakfast you know and then I'd pick up was it nice was it tasty and I'd answer him and you'd use descriptive words English is taught in schools the exact same way that Irish is taught through learning about the compre- comprehensions, through learning about poetry and stuff like that. We don't Irish people don't have this aversion to English because it's the spoken language in the house. So it all comes from the home. So I think 
I think it should be compulsory in schools because it is the official first language as per the constitution. So people should have to be educated through Irish at least to some degree. Um, but at the same time, it is a responsibility of... I mean, I mean, how can you be a nationalist? How can you want a united Ireland but have a derogatory opinion on the Irish language? Yeah. Those two things conflict. Well, that, 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 but a derogatory opinion doesn't necessarily mean oh, I, I, that yeah. like, you have to speak, you know, that you have to speak the language or that you yeah. have to, like, you have to promoted simply because if you like if you haven't had the same education or the same yeah. ability to speak the language it's very tough to pick up the language so this, afterwards yeah. so it's very hard then to pass that on to anyone so this this is where i was thinking right ultimately if there are people out there who think that that their sense of irishness is important to them mm. i mean Right, I'm not saying it's too late for them to become fluent in Irish because it's not. It's never too late to learn a language. Yeah. When I was, when we were in college, um, I was coming out of a lecture one day and I met my primary school principal, who had been retired about ten years, doing a course in Spanish mm. because he just wanted to learn. Yeah. It's never too late to learn, but people don't have time in their day-to-day lives. There are now like Instagram accounts. There's Moontorn Wig. There's Lower Lum. These Instagram accounts that I follow, and it just helps keep you tipping along every day. And I, I can speak Irish, so it's I can jump in and jump out. But they're really, really informative. Um, so like that moon for Meg, she literally puts up her outfit of the day and describes it in Irish and puts a glossary at the end. She does little stories where she writes the Irish word and the English word underneath. And so, do you know, you can pick up bits. And if you have a sense of Irishness about you and your Irishness is important to you, as a parent or as a prospective parent, if you introduce the next generation to the Irish language through these media, it doesn't have to be speaking Irish all day every day to them, but it can be a loving, positive influence on a child before they go to school of the Irish language. Then the prejudice that most students get that Irish is just fucking thing that's bet into in school or is a burden because it's homework isn't there by the time they're adults and they come to realise shit actually this is something I should have cherished in my childhood that's where I think we're going wrong Irish comes first in school as opposed to being introduced in the home and that that's genuinely where I think we're going wrong and I think now with most people have Instagram most people who are going to be parents in the next 10 years have Instagram Twitter whatever there are accounts to follow that yeah, they won't make you fluent in Irish. It's not Duolingo. It's not spending five years in the Gael to immersing yourself in it. But it's enough. It mightn't even be enough to converse, but it's enough to turn around to your child and say, that's a lovely guna. That's a lovely dress. Do you know, and introducing it to a two-year-old or three-year-old, they're sponges at that age. And I think the Department of Education are failing, but at the same time too, it's, it's an easy... It's an easy excuse for people to say, oh, it's all on the part of education. Teachers teach it wrong, the syllabus is wrong. All you need to do is throw a couple of fuckle in at home and it'll make the world... Trust me, as someone who's gone through it that way, it'll make the world a difference. Oh, it, it will. But I'm also going to say the Department of Education is wrong. But... I agree, yeah. I, do, I 100% agree with that as well. I just think that, like, say, like, conversationally, like, or just even trying to speak, like, Irish in general, right? That, like, it, like, it should be brought down to the basics. And then 
like say then in the senior cycle of um, of, uh, of of education, right? When you're going through and you're preparing for your leaving cert, right? The conversational stuff is left behind. Okay, you have your oral or writer, right? But like, well, that's scripted. But that's scripted, yeah. and that's and again, you can read a piece of paper, right? But like for those say like the comprehension things. You end up now. You're talking about teams, and you're talking about like, yeah. like you know, d- descriptive terms and stuff like that. And like, that's way too advanced. Like, th- like that doesn't need. That's not a conversation. Like, yeah. like if you're going out and you're having a pint in a pub and you're a kind that's great together, right? You're not going into like teams and stuff then, right? But it's gas. Like, I put it this picture, right? How many people did Irish for leaving cert? Could be honours, pass, whatever. Did it for leaves and scraped through it. Yeah. But now could order a bag of ketamine because they listen to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know. Because it's practical, it's simplified. They even have a song incognito where it's how to speak Irish to get away from the shades and stuff like. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it's the approach language is wrong. Like, you look at Scandinavia. Why, do, why are Scandinavians polyglots? Why can someone in Denmark speak Swedish, Finnish, Norwegian, English, Danish and German? Yeah. Because they're all spoken at home. They're all introduced at home. And then it's propped up by the education system. We've come at it the wrong way. And like, we are a young country. And a young country that's trying to regain itself of itself after 800 years of being told you're British. Yeah. So it, it's a lot tougher. But we could make one huge leap through a generation if our generation introduce just a few words at home with their, our kids now I, I put up a tweet yesterday uh, like, like I'm going to speak Irish to my kids the whole time and have them like converse with me in Irish I, and I, I'm not, I can do that like Neve doesn't speak fluent Irish she's not going to be able to do that but as I said so long as she chips in and it's a positive thing from that in the view it's a win-win it's a win-win and eventually then we could have a significant percentage population able to speak Irish uh, because the other side of it too is I can speak French because I can speak Irish yeah. I pick languages up so quick yeah. I can go to Spain for a week and have 50 phrases that just come to me out of nowhere because I've got that ability to tra- like you have the initial translation yeah. ability in your head so like it, tran- yeah, it translates yeah. and, and because all my siblings now speak fluent Irish as well and because we speak like you've, you've, you've been around my siblings the odd time like We'll jump between Irish and English the whole time, and we could be speaking in Irish and reply in English, and then answer half Irish, half English, and it becomes so natural that then all of a sudden, if I wanted to, I could throw a French phrase in there out of nowhere. It just yeah. becomes second nature. Yeah. It's just a part of a brain that needs to be worked and worked and worked. Yeah, it's like a muscle. No, but, but it's also a very simple. Like people make it out like it's a really difficult language to learn. Actually, structurally. It's a lot easier to learn than English. Way yeah, easier than English. Than English yeah. And right, Spanish, Italian, and French are all like Latin derivative languages. They're all quite similar in the structure. But if you learn Irish, because the Celtic languages are there's a Celtic influence on them. Yeah. It's so easy to pick up those languages if you know Irish. Yeah, no, it is. Like it's it, like it all translates upon one. Yeah. And even if you're not Irish, or you don't live in Ireland. It's never too late. Or like, it's a great little language to learn. If you're looking for a little small language to learn, you live in Wales or England or America. Learn a bit of Gaelic. But do you like you do feel like a little embarrassed when you're like out like say away travelling or whatever and you know you have like say like the like the Danish or like say those Scandinavian yeah. countries and they're there and they're like conversing amongst like everyone around you and then like it's everything is just like translated yeah. to English for you because 
Like you don't have the ability. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. like, as you said, your ability to translate from English to Irish and then like Irish to French or English to French or yeah. you know, however, like it's it like that's um, it's an innate skill. It's you know, it's something that you're able to do. Like and it's it's a skill in itself. And, but like it's it's that ability to translate that allows you to translate whatever and it makes them so much easier yeah. to do to learn languages. But even I went to American football in Wembley last year in London. I went, myself and the brothers go most years. And uh, Aoife, my sister, came with me, no, two years ago. And even on the tube, right? Good little segue story before we take a break. Frankie Cocosa of The X Factor a couple of years ago came on the tube with us. And he was under the influence of alcohol, at least, shall we say. Well, he wasn't called Cocosa for a reason. No, no. And I mean, it's well established why he was uh, kicked off The X Factor. Well, anyway, we were having a bit of crack anyway with Frankie Cocosa. But what was brilliant was, myself and my siblings were able to converse in Irish and have a private conversation yeah. without having to be like, you know, we were like, look at the state of this gobshite. Yeah. We were able to say it in Irish and he couldn't understand us. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, but even that sense of privacy in a conversation on public transport, because when you're foreign, you use public transport a lot more than you use at home. Uh, my pink class, isn't he? Yeah, so is mine. Let's take a stop and uh, we'll be back with some less heavy shite after this good luck after possibly a word from our sponsors here's a little song in the Irish language written by DJ Walsh and Owen Tab in their former guise as the Courgettes this was written in David Max, isn't it? Yeah. There was a couple on a Tinder date next to us and they didn't talk to each other at all. They listened to us composing songs for the night. By the way, singing is bad in Davy Max. It's very hard to write songs in Davy Max if you're you're not allowed singing there. I don't think you're allowed singing here either, but we'll give it a rendition anyway. It's even long. On full husk, on meg me foe, eerie hungry, tome da re, leaving in That was for all you, Huelga loving Gary's out there. May you be beautiful and bountiful and have a life full of pints. Anyway, moving swiftly along. And warm in the winter. Warm in the winter and cold in the summer. <laughs> Keep that cap on your cow. May you lip about like a goat in a field. <laughs> right. Little in joke there. Um, so, Owen, obviously, we've once ever, once ever, we've been voice checked by someone as the lads from the snowcast. Yeah. Once ever it's happened. So, that person picked up on our accents. Yeah. yeah knew us yeah. be the voice and said, Cheers, you're the lads from the snowcast. Yeah. So, obviously, we must have distinctive accents, or maybe bland accents. And he was like, "Where's that bland, common accent from?" And he could have been asking tens of people that night if they were the last in the snowcast. If you could choose any accent to have for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Right. So I was actually having a, a think about this, right? Yeah. And you're saying you're saying accent, right? Yeah. So then. 
initially when you said that I was assuming like English not accent but in, like speaking English so I was just like you know then you you, dis, you kind of discount a few of the non-English speaking asking so you don't want to be like Luigi in the Simpsons who yeah. like doesn't speak Italian but speaks English through broken Italian accent exactly yeah or like French or Spanish or you know or German or whatever right? I was thinking uh, you could speak like uh, how you say a French person who doesn't who doesn't understand English probably yeah so but then I was thinking Afri like you know am am I a French person like do I like because the French language is beautiful I think you've a lovely Serbian head in it I do have a lovely Serbian head but I probably wouldn't fancy the old Serbian language so what are what's the criteria for this now are we talking English accent no it's just that's your accent I'm not saying which language you're speaking right okay so then then I am gonna I, I am gonna bring it back to the English language then because I did a good bit of traveling and like everyone goes like if it's a big group of like multinationalities it, it boils down to English everyone yeah. speaks English right so then the imperialistic bastards right so you want a good accent in that in speaking that language then so I think I'll go Scottish okay okay I think I'll go Scottish like yeah, I you think don't. It can go wrong with the Scottish accent. No, it's it's like every time, every time I hear or meet like a Scottish person, right? Like literally, you just want to be them. You want to be them, and, but like also like when you hear them speak as well, there's like a little like oh you you fucking dibble you here. You're an absolute ah, like, gem, you know. The, the Irish and the Scottish have this lovely telepathy. Yeah, like you could look at a Scot. And you'd both have a point, and you wouldn't know how it happened. No, point, yeah, there'd be two points order before you knew it. Like you, you, know? you wouldn't even have to order them; they just Put, appear. Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Celtic gods of points would. Um, so, yeah, Scottish is a good one. Yeah, no, I, like, I just, I, like, I think like the like the people. There's a bit of crack about them. Shares a bit of like our our. Um, like shares a bit there's of a lot of cultural cultures, similarity yeah yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of a lot of shared heritage there but then like even like closer to home then as well like you know as in I have like a water accent that was probably quite a neutral water accent it's not overly strong no it's not overly strong but like what, what other county would I like to have oh like I adore the Kerry accent um, um, I, I, if I was going international, Caribbean has to be like, up there. <laughs> oh man, after what, like, I love cool runnings, so I'd love to be like, as I'm saying, man, you know, you can't believe Jamaica's got the bobsled team. Do you remember, um, during, uh, in college there, there was that thing 
don't know if it, this this was in my uh, this was in my house in college anyway. But we had the thing where you say like if you say beer can, beer can. In, but so if you say beer can in uh, beer can in uh, English accent, I think. And if you say bacon, beer can. Mm. Yeah, beer can, beer can. <laughs> It's like bacon in Jamaican accent. It's like the same thing, but in a different, slightly different yeah, update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the Caribbean accent because of cool runnings. I also think... Um, Feel the rhythm. I have a slight grow for the Canadian accent because when I lived with Sonia, uh, when she'd ring home, she'd spend like an hour being uber-Canadian. Yeah, yeah. I, like, she is definitely like neutralised as well. Oh, like... No, because the best thing about when I moved in with Sonia was... She became full-on Irish country girl when she was swearing, but every other part of her language was neutral until she spoke to her. And then she'd be on like Skype with her, her, her parents, like her mother or father. She'd be on Skype with her sister, and she'd be full-on Canadian, and then she'd give an old dog shite. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Even on the podcast, when you listen back, like sometimes she got a neutral accent, but when she curses, there's a, there's a little fucking Irish... There's an Irish enraged leprechaun girl of Indian heritage bursting to get out like yeah. Um, in terms of low, well, obviously I have to give Scouse a shout as well because like I've been to Liverpool so much and I've a good few Scouse friends and I actually I do oh, love. I, I know. I know. But like I I don't I don't mind. Like, it's not too bad, you know. You walk around town and these people always no, have a way from and that's it's all that. Sometimes like if you surround yourself with Scouse, yeah, people. but sometimes I talk like this on ads and it, like it fucking drives me mad. She's like, you know, from fucking Liverpool, and I said, well, how the fuck do you know? We haven't seen my bed set. But then she did see my box herself. So. Uh, no, yeah. You do a good scouse after. I do. I spend enough time there. She'll tell you. Um, shout out to the boys. The the Irish one, yeah, North. I I like North. Um, Leash is very distinctive. Me from Leash, I like it's fucking. Oh, Leash accent's hilarious because it's just pure like. Neil's brother was making this point to me at the weekend. He was like, where did Leash accent come out? Because it's not like anywhere else. Carlo has a bit of it as well. But it's just this miserable droll out like. Flat. Yeah, it's just so flat like. Ah, so sad. Well, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Leash loud. Oh. All the L's. All the except L's. for Limerick. All the five, the yeah. five letter L's. Yeah. Uh, Accents, yeah. I'll tell you another thing we were talking, I was thinking about there the other day because um, basically I saw a meme on Irish Simpsons fans today that was like Great page. Great page, yeah. I, I, like, the admins don't like me. I, I've been barred off that more times. But I've been barred off that more times. Uh, I, I once had a meme that had 560 likes in 16 minutes but didn't contain enough Simpsons for them. It was during the finish, the finish debacle where the Finnish fella basically said Ireland and Britain were the same. And I put up like, do you know the fella chasing his dog Finton? And I just had a Finland flag over the dog and an ISF flag over your man. And I just had, for fuck's sake, Finn Tan. It was glorious like. Too clever. Too clever, but not enough since. I I can see why they deleted it, but there's no need to bar me for two weeks and disable my commenting. Um, But that aside, I saw a thing today and I was like... um, it was basically dissing Murphy's as a pint of stout when you go to it was like when you go to Cork and they serve you this shite or something along, something along them lines um, 
And what I got me thinking was, like, Stout is a divisive thing. Guinness, Murphy's, or Beamish in Ireland are. Then, like, obviously, we're lucky enough that we've had exposure to loads of really good craft stouts as well. But, like, brands and stuff, like, there are certain things where you'll only go for a certain brand or you, you notice the difference. All right, go on. So yeah. I can match you a few things. Yeah. The first one, which is the classic Irish one. Yeah. That isn't alcohol involved. Tay. Barry's or Lions. So... We, I think we support, but we're going to go over all ground. Barry's or Lions. I, I know. Liam is Lions yeah. and Geraldine is Barry's, isn't it? Yeah. So Owen grew up in a house that had berries and lines. No, so we actually didn't. We had lines the whole way through my childhood. And then recently, mum has like swiftly, like turncoated oh my God. To, to berries. Um, and dad is still a loyal uh, line head. Um, he's a loyalist. He's a loyalist. I, I actually, it's one, it's one thing I, I don't mind that much. You're actually, not bothered. I'm not, I'm not actually that bothered, and it's also because of my fiance Kira, right? That like we, we like every night we go through either a peppermint, a Rui boss, or a fucking like we have a chamomile tea before we go to bed. Like we're not, we're not tea purists, like you know. Yeah. I remember tea. Ultra purists, you know, or maybe you're like the Kama Sutra of tea drinkers. Yeah, I think we are. Yeah, yeah. I respect that. Are uh, you not too fussed either? No. Obviously, like growing up in a house in Cork, it was Barry's true and true. But I yeah. love Alliance. Okay. So like, I'll I'll go for whatever's there. Okay. I'm the least fussy person when it comes to that. Like, the open knee is parents' house. Teresa got be good to her. She, do you like strong tea or tea every single week? And I'd be like, I'll drink whatever serves up to me. I'm not fussy. Once it's strong or weak though, or, or do you mind? Do you know, it doesn't uh, matter. I, hate, I don't like a watery tea now. Like, you know, if they only I fucking know, dip, like, dip, yeah. dip the tea bag in. Well, no, like, like not, not that, like, but you know, like, wake tea, like, do you want the first pour, the last pour, the yeah, tea yeah, pot? Yeah, yeah. Cheers, give me whatever pour you have. I know, I know. Do you know? No, you couldn't be drinking watery tea. No, no, jeez, no. Right, Juan, what's the next category uh, there? Beans. Oh, um, are you are you Heinz or Bachelors? I think I'm Bachelors, yeah. I think the Bachelor of Beans, yeah. I don't know the difference. I think I'm, I think one is one is slightly sweeter and more sugary. Yeah. Possibly Heinz. Possibly Heinz, yeah. Well, I think touch a yank about that. Yeah, I think Bachelor is a bit more Earthy. Earthy, tomatoey. It kind of yeah. a like bit of dip. Bit of dip, less watery. Yeah. I'll say Bachelors too, so. Brand. Yeah, okay. Ketchup. Oh, so uh, I grew up in a chef house, right? Well, I think I'm a Heinz man now. Oh, I see. Yeah, I grew up in a chef house, and I'm a Heinz. Yeah, I'm a Heinz man now as well. But I don't know if we have Heinz because that's just what Neve buys in the shop. Cheaper. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yeah. We both grew up in posh houses and cheap cunts now. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think, like, I thought, um, I, I don't know, I think um, uh, chef sauce is a bit more, like, tomato pasty. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a bit more yeah. gritty or something. I'll be 100% honest with you. I don't, I don't use ketchup that much anymore. I don't know, yeah. But what I have become a different for is the halloumi fries in Aldi. 
But what I have is a Chipotle, Chef Chipotle. Oh, Chef Chipotle. I think it's Chef anyway. I've no, actually, I promise This podcast is sponsored by Chef Chipotle. Chipotle. <laughs> uh, or Chipotle. A, a few farts of that on the plate. Do you know the way it makes the fart noise when you do it? Oh, yeah, a few yeah. farts of that on the plate. Dipped old halloumi fries in it. Right, that's good. Right. Uh, you, you, you suggested mayo. I only know... Hellman's has a taste of love food. Gets better when you put it all together with the world. Best mayonnaise. It's food loves Hellman's. Bring out the Hellman's and bring out the... Yeah, I'm sure that's... that's so it's Hellman's, oh yeah. It's all Hellman's. Oh, I, we don't need to go any further than that. Even like, so I, I think that's like fucking entrenching me for my mum. So mum, one of her key dishes... Uh, it's not a dish. Well, like one of her key sides is potato salad she makes a mean you make a mean potato salad mean too potato unless it was your man that made it that day no I made it but it was my mum's right like mum was basically like telling me exactly what to do but uh, she was just like you can't be fucking messing around with the mayo in a, in a potato salad like you need to get that shit right like. I'll tell you this much my potato salad which actually has some rave reviews as well it's slightly different yeah I don't use mayo Salad cream. Get out of here. Get out of here. Salad cream in the potatoes. Spot salad. Salad cream. You're a, you're a disgrace of the podcast. <laughs> this has been the last ever episode of Snapcast. We're not breaking up. The man didn't be noticed and work tomorrow as well. We can never see each other again. Uh, yeah, I put salad cream in potato salad. Alright, okay, alright. Well, fair enough. Look, Everyone have, has a cross to be. Yeah, yeah. You have to be wrong sometimes. Well, uh, next time you're over to our house, I'll have to make a spare batch of potato salad just for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, the last one I think might get a bit um, heated. Yeah. Might get a bit toasty. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny on two levels. Bread. So we're talking the white pan. I want to, I want, yeah, I want to distinguish, right? We're talking supermarket bought white pan because, like, you like bread. Jesus Christ, you could do a podcast on bread alone. I tried to do one on sandwiches alone. I got ridiculed. Actually, do you know who's out in? So I'm going to All Together Now Festival this weekend, right in Waterford. Yeah. And do you know who's out there? Pat the Baker. No, Seagull Bakery. Oh, fuck my eyeballs. Delish, like. Their sourdough is. Fucking top of the range. I'm actually salivating thinking about it. But anyway, back to the. Back to the fucking. Back back to the shites. So, I'll put it this with you, right? If you were to make Ireland's national dish, the tato sandwich. Yeah. What's your go-to bread? Because with a tater sandwich, you're not going brown bread, you're not going soda bread, you're not going sourdough, you're not going any of that bollocks. No, you're going white. You're going... White, plain, plain arse bread like. Yeah, but you're not going wonder bread either. Oh, Jesus. Imagine putting tatoes in between two sandwiches. Be disgraceful. So I have two slices of white Brennan's bread. <laughs> you know, when I used to go to school, I'd be down there and I'd say, What's today's bread, ma? She'd say, Brennan's bread. Today's bread today. 
That's exactly what I'd be fucking shoving that packet of potato between. I'm telling you now, right? We were a Brendan's bread household as well. Yeah. But there's a dark horse <laughs> in the potato sandwich game because the crust of Brennan's bread is a bit too soft. Yeah, it is now, yeah. Irish pride has a fine, durable crust on it. Irish pride was made by the Protestants. Yeah. Here, listen, so is Guinness. <laughs> I also we, made that <laughs> You were trying to fucking... Hey, if they were made by the prods, hold on a second. I'm not sectarian like that. Old Form was a prod. Napertani was a prod. Like Blind Boy named one of his cats Napertani. Yeah, but so was Tony Pride. (laughs) That's a lie. The DUP DUP don't want anything to do with Pride. Good God. We're going to get sued. Yeah, okay. Anyway, moving on from that. Speaking of speak, speaking of brands and shite. And speaking of pride. Speaking of shite. Maybe pride. Maybe people are proud of their stuff. Yeah. Do you TV? Hold on, wait one second. Nineteen sixteen on the clock there, yeah. Not on the clock, but on the timer on the podcast recording the voice. Gavora the Old of Galeo. Ayeshke Gwilshi. Good job. Um, basically, a TV show my old lad loves yeah. is how it's made, right? Yeah. Now they do how it's made on like shit, shit like roller coasters and Concord and elastic bands and shit. I don't know something stupid anyway. Mm. What item of history would you love to know how it's made? Right, so item in history. So when you said this to me, right, I was actually just thinking of things that you just don't see that commonly now, right? Yeah. That are like in fucking antique, antique rooms or whatever. Rudy like. Kyrie is just one of them. So, what I'm always fascinated with is like fucking clockworks, right? So, like, grandfather clocks because you have that, like, beautiful like wooden artistry you have like the pendulum coming down you have and then you have like the gears of the clock i'm always like fascinated by like gears of a clock so i would love to see like that being made like just from like start to finish because i think as well with like a lot of like like that how it's made show right like it was it's class because it's like say like a big pen or something like that right but like it's like like the amazing thing about it is that it's mass produced and that like you get the efficiency of it the efficiency and you get to see it move from like you know the simplest point where you're making like the tip of the pen down to like the bit where like that's shoved into a plastic you know hole how do they get the ink and and stuff like that yeah ink is put in how do they do the reverse capillary and stuff like that but like 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 there's there's no person actually like touching that pen the whole way through whereas like I think like grandfather clock or something you know it's like they're not mass producing them like you know it's, no they're handcrafted so like 
I think, and like, actually, so we're in, obviously we're in Waterford here at the moment, and Waterford Crystal is like, the, was the big industry in Waterford, like, it was like massive, like half the town was employed in Waterford Crystal at one stage. There was like an old story that was kind of going around at one stage where the, uh, the government asked Waterford Crystal for a loan at one stage to like clear its debts for like a small bit. That's how successful the business was at one stage during like the 70s. But uh, the factory tour out in Waterford Crystal when it was like out um, when it was out on the Cork Road was amazing. And it was like all like, all those items were like handcrafted, hand blown by like people like you know like the glass was hand blown and like that 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 used just absolutely amazing and that that would be a fucking amazing how it's made like i tell you how this came into my head as to to talk about on the podcast was i was in the grand uncle's house last week and like you know what i love about going into the older generation's house where they don't have a skybox or an airbox or whatever they literally have RT1 RT2 3 whatever virgin it's called now. Vir- virgin media, media 3 or whatever the fuck and TG Carter right they have 4 channels 1 of them through the medium of Irish and 3 of them just showing shite right but one of the one of the like nationwide on these shows basically had up that Jemison Distilleries Irish Distilleries Jemison in Middleton had hired the first Cooper that they have hired for I don't know was it 50 years or something like that and he turns out to be the son of a woman Sharon O'Neill that I know in Cork and I was like fuck like do you know even like the song The Town I Love So Well by trade I was a Cooper lost out to redundancy and then like basically they're saying like my trade was lost to progress my town's a memory so it's like you know Dublin going into a city and all these like trades like being a cooper which basically you make a barrel was gone I was just like fascinated so then it showed how a barrel is made and I was like fuck me like I never realised so much went into making a barrel so I thought that was fascinating that was a really good one Um, what would I love to see made I I think back like how the fuck were castles made back in the day do you know what I mean? I, from a historical point of view, I'd love to see like how was a castle made. How was Blarney Castle built? Even even like say like nowadays with like any building, right? You have like architects and you have like plans and whatever. Like, like boys are just laying down stone. Then you know what I mean? Like like then boys didn't have cranes. Yeah, there was no, but like you know, but even like say before the cranes or whatever were put down, like you know what? Like what's your plan? Like you're not like you know. I'm sure if Finn was here he'd say the plan was to build a fort whatever the human cost like life wasn't as valuable but even like say like like the drawings or whatever like you know it's not to the same like I don't know degree of for going by feel yeah they're going by feel like yeah and like I think that's absolutely incredible like like when was Reginald's Tower in Waterford they were built yeah I don't know. 14th century? 13th century? 13th century, say, yeah. Yeah. Sure, still standing, like. Yeah. Grand. Yeah, castles for me. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah. Uh, anything like futuristic you'd love to know how it's made? Um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm telling you, just get the mind going. Yeah. I'd love to see how they make satellites that stay up in space. Like. Yeah. That fascinates me. Like. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing as well I'd love to see how they make is uh, like the carbon fibre wings on Formula One cars and stuff like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think those would be because yeah. it's you know how do they aerodynamically test them and shit like that? You know? But see, so you see that like I think like how it's made in terms of like those older things, like say a barrel or whatever, right? That like it was just like oh you know like say like any like any bar- barrel will hold water, any fucking yeah. what it, like any kind of any side of barrel will hold water, or whatever property, right? But like say those aerodynamic wing, wings, like as you said there, it's the testing of them. It's yeah. the design influence. It's like you know, it's it, and it's even like the the design, the the computer generated models that they do beforehand. Yeah, at the three D printing and stuff. Yeah. But also then like and the aerodynamic testing in chambers and stuff. Yeah. What I what I think is fascinating is how they design them with the capacity to modify adjustments to alternate downforce and and stuff like that by just like a few twists of a spanner like yeah like absolutely blows my mind yeah um I, yeah i i um, like i suppose for like how it's made i like like to go outside of kind of like the physical realm of things and go into like do you know like the augmented reality things where like like say now like with snapchat or whatever they can you know they have a program whereby like you can like take a photo of the or take a video of a table and have like a dancing tree or something like just dancing around the table how is that tree made how how is that tree made or like how have they related that that uh computer generated image onto a physical but isn't an awful lot of it of um do you know when you go to sign into something and it's the catcher cap capture 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 and they're like, well. and they're like, take all the boxes that have tables. Yeah. So then, millions of people do that for a year. Then the computers can recognise what a table is. Well, like they're like, like we're we're still doing that now, and like what's going to come out of that is going to be absolutely amazing. Like so, at the moment we're like, oh, you know, um, identify uh, which of these images have a streetlight in it or have a crosswalk or whatever, and that's all feeding into driverless cars. Yeah. Where like they'll come out and they'll be like, like. Or virtual reality. Yeah. Or like, uh, say like, the amount of effort that goes into training a guide dog. Yeah. Are they going to have virtual reality guide dogs? Maybe, maybe. Or are the guide dogs going to be playing virtual reality games in their training? That'd be cool. Maybe. That'd yeah. be very cool. I'll tell you, I was actually, so, I was in, I was in a course there a while ago and we had um, access to the Microsoft HoloLens, which is an augmented reality um, headset. So, the difference between Virtual reality and augmented reality is virtual reality is where you put on a headset and your vision is blocked and you you're viewing a screen yeah. on the headset and that projects an image and you know you're in a different world. Whereas augmented reality is that you see the real world but that an image is projected on your real world. So say we're in a pub here and then as I said like a tree can you know come up. Come a upon point a table. is projected into your hand. Exactly right. 
So I was using the Microsoft HoloLens, and one of the things they're used for is this um, AR anatomy, I think it's called, um, uh, uh, app, right? Um, for the HoloLens. So I put on the HoloLens, and I like stood in the middle of the room, and like this voice came in my ear, and it was just like, you know, please look at a point on the floor and then click your finger in the air. So like literally I just put my finger in the air and it's like pointed downwards as if I was clicking. So like put my vision on one bit on the floor and like kind of like a cursor kind of came on the floor where I was looking and I clicked. Next minute like this skeleton came off out of the ground and like it was like standing on the floor and there. You shat yourself. I shot myself. But after I cleaned myself up I like was able to walk around the skeleton and like so the skeleton's there and you were able to like say like point at a bone on the body and then like when you pointed or like touched the bone like this label came off and it's just like scapula nick nick riviera came off like <laughs> well, the scapula can nick do the papula ah <laughs> oh, lads this has been brilliant really yeah. enjoyed the evening in welches here tonight uh you know the score lads um this podcast is supported by you the listener <laughs> Yeah. No, we in fairness we've got some uh, patrons and pet Patreon. I mean to rob a blind boy isn't if you met us in real life would you like to buy us a cup of coffee or a price of a pint? Uh, mainly a pint like mainly a pint yeah like. you can do that on www.patreon.com forward slash snowcast you can buy us the price of, well, of a cup of coffee or the price of a pint every month and we've got tears there the whole lot go and have a look if it's for you great if, if not the podcast will say being free thanks a million for listening in the first place uh, if you know someone who loves a pint loves pub chat and loves podcasts direct them our way if they don't like podcasts get them involved and um, Follow us Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and I just want to say thanks so much because since I've said like, please start fucking like commenting on our shit and sharing our shit and interacting with us online, you've been brilliant. We've had loads of people uh, tweeting us, getting back to us, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we absolutely love it. It makes our day. You've no idea like the buzz we get when someone interacts with Snowcast on social media. Uh, keep listening to podcasts, keep liking, keep sharing the usual stuff. Listen, lads, we're going to have an old. Uh, Settle, settle our point before we go home and uh, we're going to have a bit of real life chat that is going to be the exact same as what we've just been talking and uh, thanks to Jacob Welch for holding us thanks to you for listening uh, Argus um, I suppose as we spoke about the Irish language we're going to sign off Oscar Ego Owen Roman Griff Dave Galeer Aistro Collection no cast Mila Berkis Dave Aistro Collection no cast Mila Berkis Dave Aistro Collection no cast Mila Berkis Dave Aistro Collection no cast Mila Berkis and if any of you have any spare all Ireland tickets, send them away. Slong full. Slong Tonk of the glasses. Clunk. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.